I'm shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports, so we don't care who knows. Football, 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 tennis, hockey, golf. Absolutely the most legitimate sports talk program on 1027 ESPN. It's the Almost Sports Show with Jason Dick and CJ Morgan. Join the conversation at 512-834-1027. Now here are Jason and CJ. No CJ today. My man Dave B sitting in the CJ seat and an unfortunate day for him to miss because, yes, we are on the heels of a 49 to nothing historic victory, uh, Texas over Oklahoma on Saturday. And our next guest is the host of the Fire Steve Sarkeesian podcast. Uh, Josh joins us. Josh, I'd like to point out from the beginning that that's uh, sort of an ingest title of your show, right? Oh, absolutely. And especially after this weekend, it's as as satirical as it could possibly be. Yeah. Uh, Certainly nothing to complain about this weekend. Yeah, uh, as, uh, Dave, who's uh, co-hosting with me today, says that I sometimes fall victim of the uh, drunk on burnt orange Kool-Aid uh, life, as where I would say that I'm a very objective kind of person. Uh, but that is why I've become a fan of, of your program, is that while you're a fan, you also uh, take an objective Sometimes critical critical view, and I think the last episode I heard, it was sort of like same, different year, same story with Steve Sarkeesian, uh, but obviously things um, things have turned around uh, since then, or certainly turned around on Saturday. What is your current sort of state of the program view of Sarka and the, uh, and the Longhorn football team? I mean, the biggest thing has to be Quinn Ewers being more or less everything we expected him to be and more. That, that's where the conversation for this season starts and ends so far is it all it all rides with viewers i think at this point what we've seen from him against in the first quarter against bama all game against oklahoma it's it's a legitimate argument to be made that if if he doesn't go down in the first quarter against alabama this texas team is undefeated and you have legitimate talk of college football playoff type stuff that when that loss to texas tech the the offense never sputters because the the gap it's quite clear, despite how well he's played and stepped in, Hudson Card just isn't Quinn Ewers. And that's not an indictment of Hudson Card. He has his own short balls, as any player does. But the gap is so massive. And for that game to come down and be so close, the, the expectations, now that you see what Quinn Ewers can do, are sky high. It's uh, After the Tech game, there were a lot of familiar feelings, the way the defense handled the the, the, the short passing game was alarming to say the least, but it, we, we've shown the ability to bounce back from that. We didn't let that spiral like we did last year. Last year, that game could have broken us and we could have lost the next three games. We would have let that game continue to beat us over and over and over. The Texas team so far has shown that they're not going to do that. They, they played really well against West Virginia. And then obviously it was a completely different gear against Oklahoma. And I think that's becoming a theme because that it was the same Texas team in a lot of ways that we saw against Alabama before Card went or before Card stepped in for Ewers. Does Patterson seem to be getting enough love? Uh, like I feel Gary like Patterson, yeah. who's uh, I mean, what is his role? Analyst? I mean, I mean he's a defensive. He might be the defensive coordinator. <laughs> but like, I mean, if you put up, if you shut out Oklahoma and it doesn't, and you know, a good job against Alabama, I don't really feel like I hear enough people saying like, you know, singing his praises. I guess I should say. I mean, it's it's clear that Gary Patterson has had a huge impact. I would shy away just given the role. I don't know that I'd say he's the defensive coordinator because there's obviously still Pete Kwiatkowski's fingerprints in a lot of areas on this defense. There's a lot of Gary Patterson's fingerprints all over it as well. And and really what I've seen a lot of is people 
have settled in almost to if the defense plays well, that's because it was Gary Patterson. If they played poorly, it's because it was PK. And I think that's kind of unfair to both of them, given the role that they're in, to just be all good things are Patterson, all bad things are, are PK. But it, it's clear that, that that relationship is really meshed. And so far to this point, it appears that that tech game, those issues we saw in the tech game, at least the consistency of those issues coming up, is an outlier to the rest of the season. We, we still have a few issues with covering the, the pass over the middle. Um, that there's still some teams that are able to pick us apart there. There's still some issues with running quarterbacks, but by and large, this defense is significantly better than they were last year. And at least some of that credit definitely has to go to, to Gary Patterson. The, yeah. So the offensive side of the ball, if they stay healthy is obviously a, a force to be reckoned with. Very scary with the, I mean, Quinn Ewers, if, if he's as advertised, and you have Xavier Worthy, and if you're going to keep Whittington healthy, and Jatavian Sanders, how did that guy not touch the ball last year? The guy like looks like he could be in the NFL right now. Uh, Roshan Bijan, <laughs> Bijan was, I was the, about the to sixth, say you haven't even said Bijan's name, name that I mentioned. Uh, but yeah, the defense, the fact that you're holding Oklahoma to zero points is pretty, pretty, pretty good. Do you? Uh, is it a little less fulfilling, or perhaps we should put less credence to it because this is obviously, obviously a down, really down Oklahoma team? Yeah, I, I think it's absolutely clear. This is the worst Oklahoma team that we have seen since pre Bob Stoops in Norman. Whew. And as far as whether or not that makes it less satisfying, would it have been more satisfying to have done this to a top 10 Oklahoma team? Absolutely. That said, the performance that we saw wasn't just a beatdown. That was a full-on breaking down of that entire program, the way that Brent Venables has built it to this point. You saw so many things that Texas did that, I mean, Jeff Levy, the offensive coordinator for Oklahoma, had absolutely no idea how to run that offense with uh, Bevel at quarterback. And on top of that, they take it a step further knowing that he can't run the offense that they want to run. They refuse to turn to any of their other quarterback options. You see none of the young guys get playing time. You see them try. They don't try anything. They had the wildcat going, and then they'd shoot themselves in the foot. It was so many different things that even as a first-year coach, like you have with Brent Venables, it's hard to turn around and say, yes, you guys are going to make a change. When he's shown already just from this game alone – he will not play the younger guy. It's obviously not working, but we aren't going to try anything different. There's a full, a complete dismantling of an, the Oklahoma program in that game where guys like Colton Vasek, who, who Texas is still chasing, has committed to Oklahoma as an edge player. There's so many of those things that you've seen where how, as a young recruit, as a high school kid, can you trust anything he tells you about how you're going to get playing time and the things that are going to be different? Like, I've seen Texas fans talk about how they hope that Brent Venables is Oklahoma's Charlie Strong. And I think that's unfair to Charlie Strong because (laughs) while Charlie Strong had Texas teams lay down and just die on the field, that never happened against Oklahoma. Those teams that Charlie Strong brought to, to Dallas were always ready to play Oklahoma. To get completely dismantled by your top rival like that is a level that even Charlie Strong couldn't hit. So, uh, yeah, we're not giving them uh, full-on credit for uh, the, what was a historic uh, beatdown of Oklahoma. Uh, where are you now with your expectations for this Longhorn team? I said earlier it would be a huge disappointment if they don't at least make the Big 12 championship. 
I also, Josh, I've been known to just fire things out of my, uh, I said, I said that they will only be a dog one time, one more time in the season. That's uh, at Oklahoma state. Take that at Kansas state, take that undefeated TCU. Uh, where are you on what would look like a successful end to the season despite, you know, getting two losses early, early on. I mean, like you said, I, I, I try and be objective, probably really more borders on cynical, and even I can't help. When you see how Quinn Ewers plays, when you see how this offense hums with him under center, it's it's hard to not see a way that th- this team makes the Big 12 title game at a minimum. I think that is more than fair. I think the advanced stats are bearing out the same thing, even with the side effect of not having Ewers for every game. I think there are, are several metrics that have Texas as one of the top five teams in the country. I, Yeah, I mean, anything short of Big 12 title game, at least appearance, is going to feel very disappointing. I I would say the expectations are sky high. Uh, eight and four, I think, was what I said at the, the start of the season. I thought would have been a successful season. At this point, eight and four, uh, if you lose two more games this year, it's going to feel heartbreakingly bad. That's... As assuming Ewers stays healthy, assuming the offense stays healthy the way it needs to, assuming Bijan stays healthy, all those playmakers, mm-hmm. eight and four is a disappointing floor, uh, but Big 12 title game absolutely on the table and I would say absolutely within my expectations. I, I don't even love nine and three, honestly. But I'm trying to be. Uh, I'm trying to. Be it's funny you guys are talking all this what? crazy like uh, oh, Longhorn the- hype. No, I'm just looking at the Big Twelve standings, and we've played three of the bottom don't, four teams. Don't start so, with me. They're, why why are they at the bottom? The part. We thrust them to <laughs> no. the bottom. Is what happened, Dave. Get no. out of here. They'll all be at the bottom once I'm done with them. Uh, All right, Uh, Josh from the Fire Steve Sarkeesian podcast. Always a a pleasure, man. Uh, You can find it on your Apple, wherever you get podcast things. Uh, What about uh, what else can we plug for you? Instagram, where do we send people? Uh, We got Twitter, um, just at the FSS podcast. Uh, You can also follow Hornscast. That's the channel that we actually post our episodes on. Um, Again, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Uh, And I believe we've also got a link. We've got a Discord channel if you want to interact with me, my co-host. Uh, Will Bazer, all the other hosts for all the shows that we have on that channel. Uh, you can do so at, at that Discord link. Uh, thanks so much, Josh, and we'll catch up again later in the season, all right? Awesome. Thank you, TJ. Yeah. No problem. Uh, 512-834-1027 if you want to react to any of that. If you want to weigh in on what you thought of the Longhorns' historic victory, are we overreacting too much? Are we drunk on the burnt orange Kool-Aid? Are we not drunk enough? Uh, it's more Almost Sports, Jason CJ. Today with Dave B on the other side of that break. Now back to Almost Sports with Jason and CJ on 1027 ESPN. No CJ today. That's my man Dave B doing CJ work. Uh, 512-834-1027. If you want to get in here, uh, we will move back to the NFL in just a second because I got a bunch of NFL things that I do want to get to. But hang on. Let me just give you some like... Worst dude ever, Longhorn football takes. Uh, actually, I uh, I auditioned one on you on, on text over the weekend. Roshan Johnson. Oh, yeah. Will have a grade this hot take, Dave. Roshan Johnson will have a better NFL career than Bijan Robinson. Too hot? Not hot enough? Or just right? Too hot. I think that well. Then, Is it then out I of, asked you to, out of respect to for Bijan or disrespect for Roshan? Respect for Bijan. I, I think that Roshan is gonna. He's probably gonna be a really good third down back for someone and have like a 
you know, a third down back. See, no, I think that he has he has what I, he runs hard. All right, and I think that Roshan Johnson can be a. Let me try and think of a good comparison. I mean, why can't he be Aaron Jones? Um, why can't he? You know, why can't he be the 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 feature back for an NFL team? I think Roshan Johnson is good and has just never really had the opportunity to be the guy. If if Bijan Robinson was not at Texas right now, we would be giving Roshan the ball twenty times a game, and he would be running for one hundred and thirty yards a game, wouldn't he? Maybe, maybe they're worried about his durability, and that's why they don't already you know give him that many touches. The 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 bad take, I guess, is I'm a little underwhelmed with Bijan. And look, he, he's he's very good. And what are we? We're we're six games into the season, uh, six hundred and forty five yards rushing, ten touchdowns. He's got another two hundred yards receiving and a, and a receiving touchdown as well. Uh, he has five straight now games with over a hundred yards, including that UTSA game one eighty three, one hundred and thirty versus Oklahoma on Saturday. But West Virginia, he got one hundred and one yards. the The hundred and first one came with a ninety seconds left in a blowout. Not a blowout. You were up 38 to 20, okay? Why is he playing in the fourth quarter? So he can get his 100 so, yards. Well, right, and that's what I'm saying is that we're really doing that. We're really stad padding with with our guy, Bijan Robinson. Like the, the, the comparison that I, I want, I wanted to see a Reggie Bush Heisman Trophy level season from Bijan Robinson. And I guess they're not really the same player. Reggie was, was more of a, you know, a... a, a Triple threat, dual threat. I mean, he was more of a, a receiving back than Bijan is, uh, less of a power back. But it's not like Bijan's out there running people over. I'll say the thing that he does super elite is I I still am blown away with his ability to make people miss, uh, and particularly elusive, particularly at the line of scrimmage where a year ago you know you could not they were not blocking anybody. And he was meeting the you know first contact at the line of scrimmage all the time, and he still even if he doesn't make a guy miss, he makes a guy miss enough that he he turns that first hit. He still gets another five or six yards after that. Uh, so under no circumstances am I down on Bijan Robinson. I was just expecting some like you know two hundred yard games here and there. Right? I was just expecting him to, to like do some things that I'd be like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm seeing this. That's where I am not seeing. Okay, here. If, if where do we think Bijan lands in the Longhorn hierarchy of running backs when he's done, which is going to be at the end of the season, right? You think he leaves? <laughs> oh wow! I mean, of course he does, right? The only reason in which he, particularly as a running back, I mean, you got to get to the NFL as soon as possible so that you can get to that second contract as soon as possible. That's how you get. That's how you get paid. You know, at that position. I mean, look at we discussed earlier Zeke Elliott. What is, is Zeke 26 years old and he's done? All right. You said send him to the knacker, Dave. Those are your words. Well. Okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I think he's leaving at the end of this year. The only way that that doesn't happen is that we live in name, image, likeness world now where a Texas booster could absolutely go to Bijan and be like, go to the NFL and take a pay cut. Like, we are <laughs> going to pay you more money to stay here than you could make in the NFL next year. Even if he's a if he's a first round pick, but so if he has eight games as a Longhorn left, six regular season games, I mean a championship and a bowl game. I mean his career is mostly written, right? He's he's not 
I mean, he, look, he's not Earl Ricky. He's not well, when you Cedric asked, Benson. My answer was going to be somewhere. Is he Jamal top, Charles? Somewhere, somewhere in the top 10, but to the bottom of the 10, like in the 8 through 12 range. Okay. And that would be what what we had with Bijan Robinson coming into his career. That would be a disappointment, right? Now you could argue the game's changed, and you know Cedric. We were handing the ball. There were times where he was. I think he carried the ball thirty-seven times in one game. Uh, that's never going to happen with any college running back anymore. But is that not a disappointment if he winds up as? No, I mean when he came in, the program's been down. It was Tom Herman where he came in with. I don't think anyone came in and was like, "Oh, this guy's going to be a Heisman." trophy candidate and putting up 2,000 yards. I mean, he's averaging almost six yards a carry. That's I believed him to be a Heisman Trophy uh, candidate. Coming now, in look, as a freshman. Oh, well, uh, look. <laughs> yes, come, coming into this come, year, but you said a disappointment in, when he came to the... Coming in as a freshman, Longhorn fans, yes, they had never seen him play and it already like this guy. This is the guy, all right? And I, I didn't make up this comparison. I feel like somebody else must have put this Reggie Bush bug in my ear. And so, yeah, I thought, but. but <sighs> I think it's just lazy on your part because they both wore number five in college. So you're like, oh, I yeah. I didn't even Reggie think Bush. about that. Yeah. <laughs> but that is an interesting point. That is. God, don't get me started on jersey numbers, Dave. I hate it. I hate it so much. I, you've Jatavian told me before. Sanders wearing zero is an abomination because A, is not a number, okay? Uh, B, it's the same number that DeMarvion Overshone is wearing. Don't give your... Sorry. And Aaron Judge wears number 99. That's a hockey number, bro. Knock it off. <laughs> okay. And Michael Parsons wears 11. That's a quarterback's number. Not Okay. Sorry. Uh, okay. Horrible Longhorn take number two. Are you ready? I'm ready. Get this back. one's even worse. <laughs> Uh, Texas better be careful with Quinn Ewers lighting up the world or else we might lose Arch Manning. Uh, no, no, I think Archie, Archie's not scared of competition. Like that would just be bad for the Manning brand. If he was like, Oh, I'm not going to go there. Cause Quinn is lighting things up and I might have to sit a year. I, I don't think that he expects to sit a year, but I thought I had heard he was cool. Red shirting. Well, Arch Manning. Yes. Somebody out there enlighten me on the timeline on this situation because the, the rules change all the time. And Quinn Ewers has mucked things up with his. He went to he he did his senior year of high school at Ohio State. Correct. Uh, you it's the NFL's rule that and I believe the language is specifically you have to be three years removed from your graduating high school class to go pro to go into the NFL. So when did that clock start for Quinn Ewers? Did it did it start last year with Ohio State, or does it did you, I did, feel like did this it is year one? With, right when yeah. his when his high school class graduated, which would have been the class of twenty twenty two. They would they would have been you know uh, last this this spring. That's when he would have graduated from high school. So he it, it would have to play three full years at Texas. Before he would be uh, eligible for the NFL draft. Do you like how we're already projecting Quinn Ewers into the NFL draft? Number one pick. He's got to be the number one <laughs> overall pick, right? Uh, and Arch Manning is going to be here next yeah. season? Yeah, he's a senior right now. So there's he's going to get here, and there's going to be two years of Quinn Ewers' time left. This isn't a concern to anybody? Mm, I don't Nobody? think it's a concern to Archie. No red flags on any of this? You're Archie... F Manning. There's no yeah. way you're going to be like... people call him Archie? I think they just call him Arch Manning. Okay, sure. Arch Archie Manning. was his grandfather. Okay, Arch yeah. Manning. There yeah. you go. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no. He's, he's, he's a Manning. He doesn't run from nobody? Correct. Competition um, is good. Yeah. 
but you're not going to win the job. I mean, look, we're we are ready to give Quinn Ewers the keys to the state right now. You and say that's, he's that's, not going to win the job. They were in a QB battle up until week one with Hudson Card. Oh, bull ass. They were and they, 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 they weren't telling you who the quarterback was going to be. But believe what you want to believe, bro. I don't know. Look, it's a good problem. A good problem to have. I'm just saying, uh, if if. Uh, the Quinn Ewers turns out to be uh, a total badass, and he's not allowed to go to the NFL until he's played three Texas seasons, which I think is what the NFL would tell you the rules are. Uh, then I wouldn't be surprised to say or to see Arch Manning be like, "Oh, you know what, Ole Miss, sorry." And you know what, he is the perfect he has the perfect get out of jail free card because he doesn't have to be like, "Oh, I'm not going to Texas because Quinn Ewers." He says. My heart is with that's that's where my family's. That's the only place. That's he where could my go. family go. Is Ole Miss? Yeah, you couldn't want to use a go to Alabama. After Correct. That you anymore. can't weasel out and then be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. if you wanted to play that card, you could. Okay, I said we'd go to the NFL, and we will after this break. Five one two eight three four one zero two seven. It's almost sports. Jason CJ today with Dave B. Back after this, the almost sports show on one zero two seven ESPN. Jason Dick, no CJ Morgan here today. My guy Dave B filling in. Thanks for being here, Dave. No the problem, best, buddy. Uh, five five one two eight three four one zero two seven. Was that what? What was that? It was you, a baby woo. It was, it was just a baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. 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 Uh, let's go to the NFL where we uh, we did discuss the Dallas Cowboys. How about them Cowboys going to four and one on the season? Cooper Rush is the uh, is the undefeated quarterback of the Cowboys, but we agree when Dak is healthy. He will take the job back. It's not even a conversation. Correct. It's, it's not a thing. Uh, will it happen in week six when they travel to play the Philadelphia Eagles, the last unbeaten team? Uh, to be determined. I'm not uh, sweeping that aside, but I do have a bunch of NFL stuff that I want to get here. Uh, get to here. Let's start um, breaking-ish news. Matt Rule fired uh, as the Carolina Panthers coach. Uh, parts of three seasons uh, off to a one and four start this year. Firing Matt Rule. Duh. Uh, yeah, but I think I just read something where 33 months ago he was signed for $62 million in a seven-year deal. I, I have it. Seven years, $62 million. Uh, so Matt Rule going to be all right. <laughs> um, he Look, at the time of the hire, I thought it was a crazy move because he was good at Baylor. He was very good at Baylor. But it's not like... He was a multiple national championship winning coach. It's not like he was at the top of the sport, really, either. It was, uh, what's the guy's name? David Tepper was the then new owner of the Carolina Panthers. I think he's a, if he's not a tech guy, he's a hedge fund guy who's like, I'm, I'm new school thinking. And he thought that there was, the, the Matt Rule just had it, whatever it is, that he had something. Because I, th- I still think it applies. College coaches go, going to the NFL. It's not as true as it used to be, but it's still true. It doesn't work. It doesn't right? work. It yeah. doesn't. I mean, it, it's such a different game. I mean, it's like being, uh, I don't know, it's like being a, uh, a guitarist in a world-famous band and be like, oh, my God, you're such an incredible lead guitar player. Why don't you join the orchestra? <laughs> like, it's such a different skill set that I don't know that the, that it, it uh, the you know, the transition applies and... Cliff Kingsbury, <laughs> there's all kinds of examples out there that will that will be a testament to that. All of that said, Matt Rule is a great college football coach. Yes. And I think will be good again. He can work whenever he wants. Uh, and if the uh, seven-year, $62 million, if you never want to, uh, I assume that he's on the hook for all of that. Uh, good for you, Matt Rule. But 
There's a lot of big-time jobs open. Nebraska? Wisconsin, I think, is going to stick with Jim Leonard. But what's the other one? Arizona State? Well, isn't Nebraska undefeated with the new guy? I mean, it's only two or three games. Who's but... the new guy? I don't even know. That's my point. Okay? Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> not going to go win, with... then you just keep it going. <sighs> I feel like they're going to go get somebody big. Uh, if you were Matt Rule, where do, would you go to Nebraska? That's a job that I'm like, ooh, I don't know that we can have the whole is Texas back conversation is forever and ever. I don't think there's a is Nebraska back conversation ever, ever, to ever be had. having. It's oh, no, over. They, they're, it's they're, over, Nebraska. They're, Sorry. Sol- they're solid at the QB position this year and next, so you never know. Uh, so you would be signing up to go to Lincoln? No, nah, it's just a Casey Thompson give, reference. Give I'm, a, I'm a Casey guy, you know. Oh, right. I would, it took me a second. I was like, <laughs> who's the quarterback there? Will he be there next year? Uh, you think he's going to leave to go pro? I mean, he's been in college. I guess the COVID season, these guys have infinite eligibility. Fine, sure. Okay. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, if you were somebody who gambled on the Dolphins, as I did this week. (laughs) My condolences. uh, Yeah, uh, not great because it was, was it the literal first play of the game? It was very early in the game. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater goes back. He's hit. Uh, It looked as if it was an elbow issue, uh, but uh, the spotter, did believe that they saw Teddy Bridgewater stumble, and so he went to the locker room. He passed his locker room concussion test, but because of the new rules, like literally the brand new, you might as well call that morning, them, the, the day Tua Tonga Bailoa yeah. rules, he was not allowed to return uh, because of the, I don't know how to say this word, Dave. Can you ataxia? help me? Oh, thank you. Is, yeah. that, is that it? Ataxia clause. Ataxia, I did Google it. It is the muscle failure that causes you to not be able to walk straight. Uh, That is what they call a no-go symptom, that if you display tendencies of ataxia, you cannot return to the game under any circumstances. I didn't even see uh, anything of that nature when he got up. The spotter saw it. Uh, Let me ask you this. If, uh, If Teddy Bridgewater played for any other NFL franchise, would he have been able to return to that game? Probably yes. I am so uh, the whole the way that the NFL has handled this Tua thing is very annoying because a I there I don't know that I've seen any fundamental proof that the his situation from two weeks ago where he was he he ataxied off the field and was stumbling is connected to the terrible concussion that he served on uh, that he uh, suffered on on that Thursday night game. And they ruled him out on Tuesday, even though the MRIs were clean and whatever. And I'm like, this is you're just ruled him out because Twitter's mad at you, right? Well, the like, because the league is, has, is is yelling at you, uh, like you, it would be a bad look for you to put him back in the game now. The bigger problem is they kept saying uh, the initial concussion was uh, a back issue, but then they never checked his back. So how can you say, oh no, no, he wasn't concussed against the Bills; it was a back problem, but you never did any sort of back test. Here, I guess, is the thing: is uh, the the NFL. If you're if you're telling me that your concussion protocols were bad, were not good enough, I would believe you. Uh, and should you fix them up? Yes, but you should every week, every day of our existence. If there is new information on concussions, introduce that into your protocol. Make sure that the concussions the protocol is absolutely as safe as it could be at any time. Don't wait for somebody on national television to get knocked out cold and hold their hands in front of their face. Yeah, Yeah, and then say, oh, you know what? We need to change things. Do do we know more about concussions than we did the week before Tua's injury? No. Don't change the rules because of bad optics. Make the rules optimal at all times.
Have you never worked anywhere where they're more reactive than proactive? <laughs> uh, I've only ever worked here, Dave, and I don't know if they're. I wouldn't call them, I wouldn't call them active in any sense. <laughs> I wouldn't say. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, I think Teddy Bridgewater, if he was playing for any other team, he would have been able to come back to that game. Uh, and for people who said minus three versus the Jets, uh, yeah, let's go. That's not fair to us. Okay? <laughs> That's not fair. To- you know what? Speaking of not fair to us, let me sk- skip straight to that one. Taysom Hill does not play tight end, okay? He doesn't really play quarterback either. He's Fine. a wildcat. He's a fullback, all right? But all of the f- fantasy football platforms, including Yahoo, in which I was playing my guy, my, my work wife, my, the non-producer of this show, my nemesis, Nick Hajda, he starts Taysom Hill at tight end against me yesterday. All right? Taysom Hill, in the fantasy football league that we play in, had 41 points. Oh, my God. Because oh, he, it's the bonus. He ran for three touchdowns. He threw for a touchdown. He also forced a fumble and recorded a tackle, which we give points for in Kenny's stupid-ass league. Uh, Taysom Hill scored 41 points at the tight end position yesterday. Dave, you know how many receptions he had? Zero. Zero. Okay? You can't be a tight end who scores 41 fantasy points with zero receptions. He's not a tight end. You're cheating. Now, look, I'm not mad at Nick. How many receptions does he have all season? Six. One. (laughs) One. He has one target. He has one target and one reception. I understand that a tight end is not what it used to be. Okay, It doesn't mean that you line up next to the tackle and sometimes block, sometimes go out for a pass. You can be a Kyle Pitts who just lines up like a wide receiver all the time. But a tight end catches footballs, right? A fantasy football tight end catches footballs. And I'm not mad at Nick. Hate the game, not the play. What, whatever. You still right? won the game, did you not? Well, sure, fine. fine. So but, you're uh, just listen, com- uh-huh. I, I I need to humiliate him. Okay, I need to 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 destroy him. Look, here's the deal. The first week he got 16 points. The second week he got two points. Then a, a goose egg. Week three, nine points. Week four, and yes, he went off yesterday. So if you're gonna roll the dice and play him, congrats. It's high risk, high reward. Well, he's just sh- yeah. I'm not mad at Nick. I'm mad at Yahoo and CBS. And ESPN for all of these places that have designated him a tight end because I agree he's not a quarterback, but make him a running back. That's what he does. Okay, he plays fullback. He does have twenty-one rushing attempts. <laughs> yes, he does. He does not play yeah, tight one, end. One target. <sighs> uh, you see the end of the uh, Falcons Buccaneers game? Yes, that was horrible. I was so mad because I'm in the Survivor League. <laughs> you're there a, was like ten teams that oh, had the Bucks, so you, I was you pulling have, hard. You did correct. have the Bucks. Correct, correct. I was pulling hard for the Falcons to do the upset. And when they went for two to make it 15 to 21, which I still don't understand why he would do when that, but whatever. Hooray, analytics. By, I get it. Yeah. I get it. But still, I was just like, that's a weird uh, move, but they pulled so it off. And here, then, yeah, let me zoom out here for those that are not aware. Uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks were a big favorite over the Falcons. A lot of people had them in the Survivor League, including myself. So I was rooting in the other direction as you, Dave. Um, they were up 21 to nothing, and then it was like, okay, game over. And then the Falcons stormed back uh and it looked like they were going to get the ball back down six with three minutes left in the game but uh there was a un uh, a uh roughing the passer call uh let's see here Re- referee jerome boger 
It's bad when they put the referee's name oh, in yeah. the story. Yeah. That's never good for you. Uh, they might as well. Can we start putting their Twitter handle in there as well <laughs> so we can just go directly to the. Yeah. The internet's the worst place ever. Like, they might as well just put his address out there, right? <laughs> uh, Jerome Boger says that uh, Falcons defensive lineman Grady Jarrett, quote, unnecessarily, end quote, threw Tom Brady to the ground. That's why he uh, threw the roughing the passer flag is because he, he he didn't need to throw him. He had wrapped him up. You could have just gently, you could just gently bring Tom, Tom Brady's an so old man. It was so maddening, just, dude. Look, it, the, the, the rule is you can't, you're not supposed to throw the quarterback to the ground. And I think by the letter of the law, he probably... He's probably no. okay. Brady got up and yelled at the ref. They threw the flag. If it was any other quarterback, they're not throwing well, the flag. He I, didn't even hit his head. He like he flailed. I don't know. If, yeah, I don't was, know if Brady talked him into it, but I do believe that that was a Tom Brady call. Look, the Tua play. <laughs> the, the, he he violently throws Tua to the ground to the point that he's knocked out and his fingers go. Uh, we just say the fencing position. Yeah, is that what it's called? Yes. I don't get it. The uh, fencing that's, position? That's, that's the technical term, the oh. medical term, fencing. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's not like playing sword fight Correct. with a, that's fencing to me. Or yes, yes. Nailing posts down and then run. That's no. None of those? Correct. Uh, did we run out of words? Why are, <laughs> why are we double Why does fencing mean all of these things? Uh, I don't know. We got fun words like ataxia or whatever that word was. Uh, so there was no penalty called on that play where Tatua was literally thrown to the ground so violently that he was knocked out. Was it necessary in that situation and it wasn't necessary versus the Bucks? This just in, uh, the best players get get favorable calls sometimes, right? Sucked. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's all the... Uh, well, ref- also, Brady afterwards being all smug, going, I- I'm not the one that throws the, the flags. I don't make the calls. But are um, you at all... I know you're a... Brady hater? Yeah. Yeah, you're a hater of anybody who's not one of your guys who becomes successful, which I guess... That's a fine position to be. You would say that I'm a... What am I? A front runner? Because yes. I like to... I, I, I like to see... You I don't just, like it when a wild card team gets in and right. wins the Super Bowl. You're I'm like, no, of, I like you've already wit- done witness, so much during like the regular season. Greatness. Um, do you at all? You don't like Tom Brady? You feel bad for him? All right, Giselle's out there getting her tattoos covered up, and she's not wearing her ring anymore. And I feel bad for my my, my man Tom Brady. I don't at all because something I I don't. Granted, I'm not in the house, so who knows? But I would venture to guess they had several conversations about let me just go down to Florida, win one, and stick it in Bill's face. And mm-hmm. I'm only going to be down there for two years. And she's been putting off doing everything that someone who's a successful uh, business person, supermodel, wants to do. Putting off. She's a she's a billionaire, forty something year old woman. She's been putting off vacations to Mykonos. What do you mean? We <laughs> know. We all know how obsessive Brady is. Uh, you know, reportedly about his football ing. So yeah, she's like, no, nah, man. You said you were done. We're going to keep on doing this. No. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Is Mykonos a good vacation destination? Yes. I was trying to come up with something exotic. I don't Greece, know. yeah, that's great. Oh, Lindsay right, Lohan, yada, yada. Uh, okay, uh, Dave's got to go, but I'm going to make him hang out and uh, admit that his San Antonio Spurs are correctly tanking this year because he's tried to refuse it for so many years. Uh, one more segment, 512-834-1027 if you want to get in here. It's Jason, CJ, Almost Sports, back after this. Now back to Almost Sports with Jason and CJ on 1027 ESPN. No, CJ, today, again, my deep gratitudes to my dude the ass to the ass Dave B filling in today uh, thanks for being here Dave and we cannot let you go without discussing how 
for the first time ever, you played pickleball on Saturday night. <laughs> you love it. You yeah, love it, it was right? a lot of fun. It was you a lot do fun. love it. Yeah. I tell you what, that group specific that we had, is that right, Jason? On the day, the first show after Texas wins 49 to nothing, you're going to waste 90 seconds on pickleball? I am. <laughs> uh, that group in particular, and I would say led by your efforts, that's my kind of pickleballing. I don't know how or why, but friendliness and sportsmanship is like the t- a top three characteristic of pickleball. Everybody is like, if you're playing with strangers, you meet up at the park, everybody has to introduce themselves beforehand. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care what your name is, all right? Can you dink, bro? Uh, and so, yeah, everybody's always very friendly. And Dave B comes out there and just the smack talk comes out immediately. And I'm like, that's what I need. That's what I want, all right? I want some smack talk on the court. But they don't they don't stand for that at Austin Tennis Center. I just like to compete, and it's fun, and it's not like poker and poker. I don't smack talk because I'm a yeah. crazy person and I'm worried yeah. about bad juju. In pickleball, oh. it's me. Either I hit the, a good shot or I don't hit a good shot. So I can talk all I want. Dave, and, yeah. we, we were teammates. Yeah. And Dave B, I mean, he's played for 20 minutes ever. And there's a ball in the middle of the court. And I say, I got it. And then, like, I hit it in the net. And Dave's just like, oh, you got it, huh? What's up? Well, it doesn't look very, I got it to me. Just talking smack to his own teammate right from the beginning. I know but what look. fuels you, bro. I'm, I'm pushing yeah. the buttons. Oh, good, beep, boop, good, beep, good management. Yeah. I, I like that. Uh, no, we do. Uh, I want to discuss uh, it's basketball season, right? The Spurs open the season when? Next what? Wednesday. Next A week Wednesday. From, yes. Yeah. Is, the, is that the, the first game of the season or that's is. just the home opener? That's the first game of the season. Versus okay. the Hornets. Uh, Dave B., like myself, is a Spurs season ticket holder. He'll t- tell you something about how I put a stink on him, curse as soon as I bought the season tickets. They haven't I'm won not wrong. since then. Facts are facts. Numbers don't lie. Uh, but uh, in our familia, if you will, we uh, t- exchange texts in a group with other Spurs fans. I feel like I was the black sheep because I, for years, was saying, hey, lose all the games, okay? This whole we're finishing eighth in the West or we made the play-in tournament – that's garbage, okay? Finishing in the middle of the league is garbage. It's the worst place to be. So if you're not a contender, which the Spurs have not been since Kawhi Leonard left, the T word is appropriate. Tank. Here, here's and the, the Spurs are currently tanking, right? Yeah, 100%. Yes. Uh, we don't tank. We haven't tanked since we got Tim. And, uh, Which you know, when, when, he, to get Tim. when he left, things were great with Kawhi, franchise record, 63 win season, whatever, whatever. The next year he's gone. We still make it to the playoffs. We take the Nuggets to the seventh game. I'm like, we don't have to tank. We're good enough. We can, we can continue. And I didn't realize how bad it was until the last two years of losing the play-in game when we're the 10th seed. And it's, what and are we doing? You, and so, yes, now I'm on board. You can't improve your team Correct. with the 13th pick overall Correct. every year. And I see what the Rockets uh, are doing and all the young talent yeah. they have. And it's like, oh, yeah. well. So the the, the Spurs, are, who is, is Jakob Pertle the best Spur? Probably. No, uh, it's either him or Keldon Johnson, but I think uh, more people would appreciate Jakob's defensive prowess. And, I mean, yeah. I think Keldon is the higher ceiling. He's a better prospect. But if you were trying to win basketball games, Jakob Pertle is probably the most valuable guy, which you, you know you're in trouble. If you got a, a, a big white boy who has a, a per a, with no R in his name, just a phantom R in his name is your best player, that's a problem. That's a problem. Uh, but uh, you are all about losing every game this season because Wimbanyama could be yours, right? Correct. Yes, that, that would be great. But I do believe that we would be cursed anyways because you're a season ticket holder. But uh, There's no we, such we thing stole, as curses. We stole Tim Duncan from the Celtics. It would be only right, right that we are not rewarded 20-plus years later, and now we get Victor. But if we got him, that would just be fabulous, yeah. yes. 
Uh, and uh, one other basketball thing. Draymond Green announced this weekend he's taking time away from the Golden State Warriors days after a video of him punching his teammate Jordan Poole uh, was released. Uh, he apologized, and I like this quote. Uh, quote, his family saw that video. His mother, his father saw that video. If my mother saw that video, I know how my mother would feel, end quote. Is he basically saying, uh, yeah, I'm a bad guy and I'm embarrassed that I embarrassed him in front of his family, <laughs> that I basically beat down your son? That Pretty your much. Son you saw did. the video, right? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and to boot, it was a sucker punch. The people that are saying it's not a sucker punch are, are full of crap. I mean, the Jordan guy's Poole not looking. Him. Yes, but what are you supposed to do? Are you just supposed to let the person, if Nick got up in your face, you would push him away in the studio and you would not yeah, expect him to he, punch you. He would know not to. <laughs> you just, yeah, no. Here, I, how about this, though? Give it. Grade this hot take. Oh, no. Am I doing this grade this hot take thing too often for you guys? Because it's a crutch, it but is it's my, right. It is my new favorite thing. Grade this hot take. Draymond Green is allowed to punch Jordan Poole. Too hot, not hot enough, or just right. Too hot. Everybody wanted to bring up the Kevin Durant thing, and I'm like, yeah, that's because Kevin Durant is the best player on the team. Maybe the best player in the world at the time when he got in a fight with Draymond Green. Jordan Poole, they say in comedy, don't punch down. In basketball, you can punch down, okay? You can punch anybody on the team who's lower on the hierarchy than you. And it's it's good to keep a little spark, all right? A little intensity in that locker room, No. Well, that's the problem. I don't think that maybe Pool Pool is better than him. He might have been punching Ooh. up. Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, all right, Dave, you got to go. Get out of here. Thanks as always for being no here, worries. my guy. My uh, pleasure. Hopefully, CJ back on the show tomorrow. I don't know. We'll see. Thanks for listening. Just two normal guys hanging out, having fun, right? Guy number two. Yeah, guy number one. E to the S to the P to the N is all I watch because I'm the man. If my team loses, I'll be mean all night. If you tell me to relax, we'll get in a fight. I like my friend. He's a real guy's guy. He's not a loud mouth like that old Steve.